Welcome to the Mindful Surf Podcast. Myself, Will Foster, my co-host, Liam, the uh, dry robe, <clears throat> which is the cliche, the ultimate cliche now in any any part of the world, quite honestly, because they are massive. Morgan. I actually feel bad having one now because I like to be counter-cultural. <laughs> it goes and, the other uh, way, doesn't it? There are other varieties of uh, bin bags uh, ra- wrapped around a towel. <laughs> available that's what it is isn't it it's like a towel inside a bin bag with some sleeves and so what an invention well i think it's interesting like in all parts of the world where the temperature drops below i don't know 16 degrees celsius which is about 45 yeah fahrenheit 50 um you're you're gonna have literally you know, liter- what was the word literations of like as in variations of the dry robe tm yeah because now there are millions and millions and millions of, and, and, and and every single brand under the sun is making one um the dry- and they're phenomenal they are phenomenal i i actually upgraded mine uh recently i, I had one of the original ones I had it from nine years ago it was leaking it was cold it was pointless and I moved it on. And in fact, I gave it to my beautiful friend, Tiago, who will be listening to this now. And Tiago, you're listening to this now, going, <laughs> thanks, buddy. You gave me a pointless dry It's crispy rope. and it smells of piss. <laughs> um, Tiago, my friend, I did give you my dry rib and you have loved it, in, in fairness to him. He, he only comes down for cold waves here a you know, few times a year. Whereas if you're doing what we're doing, you know, we're in all the time. So you really do need these, these bits of warm gear. Um, and then we got into gear, Liam, and it's just I just love buying surf gear. Well, for joy, <clears throat> the surf universe is an interesting anything that adds thing. to it. Yeah, the best surf gear comes on the market when I've got the least amount of money to buy it with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a, a, a we won't give many we give so many people free bloody publicity on this show, but the well-known online board retailer that does a Wednesday um, a latest trading boards. I've waited. A long time for certain boards to come available and almost in the last two months of me not having any spare funds to especially with it being christmas soon trees are up any spare funds to purchase said boards they've had the boards i've wanted week in week out <laughs> seemingly available for for a few weeks that's how it goes it's, isn't that the universe sod's law but there you go that's how it goes but uh talk me through it mate what's the news well, I am, life. I am sat here in a dry robe. Mine is one of the originals as well, so it's a very crispy. It's crispier than the gold wetsuit that I used to go surfing in. Cr- crispy with piss? <laughs> no, you don't, don't wee in my uh, dry robe. You do, a little bit of dribble comes yeah. out after a surf. It surely does. <laughs> um, or or chilly heat waves? No, I don't. Crispy I, well, you don't I'm, have crisps anymore. The, the, that's the, that chapter? The, the Rito's chapter is 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 no more that's, that's that's the door has been slammed firmly yes, shut yes. on my uh, negative uh, consumption of uh, crispy snacks um actually i've done very well on that on a serious note and it has been i feel better for it it has been genuinely transformative when you first came down here and you would take your shirt off um you you'd go. had this sort of six pack <laughs> <laughs> six pack of wobbles no yeah. do you know what it, it it was just wobbly bits and now it's just been replaced with well hard bits like a mini- little vein <laughs> like a miniature Hemsworth like a miniature Hemsworth <laughs> in my dreams yeah quite well no I wouldn't want to be like Chris Hemsworth it's too big for me he's he's it's like a bodybuilder he was shredding though at this um, Boa Vista village the other day on we, I shared this with our did. little surf group um, you did that way which gone. includes Thiago um, there's a some sort of luxury resort which is why we haven't been invited in Brazil 
yep. with its own wave out in front of the, yep. the the houses or the rooms. And Chris Hemsworth, who we, is a big fan of the show, as we know, um, was shredding on yep. this wave. It looks like one of the best, uh, I was going to say fake waves, one of the best man-made waves I've seen. Yep. And there it is in this little place in Brazil. It looks cool. It, it does look really, really cool. Um, but no, listen, so we've, we've had surfs. Have you been in? Because we've, we've had a recent surf together. We've, there have been that quite was a, few, a wicked one yeah, on Sunday. I've not made them in for everyone, but the Sunday surf was one of those dream sessions where it looked kind of junky to begin with. It was fairly busy, even in the quieter break that we go to. But within about 20 minutes of being, it just switched on and, and, we, had, and we found some space. And you're surfing this wave pretty much out the way of everybody. And it was great fun. So good. Your wave camp was approximately 82% higher than your last surf there on your Hydra. I had 82% more board. <laughs> you had 82% more There's a direct more correlation. Board. That foamy you've got, the 510 McFanning, is just a wave-catching machine. And foamies are. Foamies float. You know, what's fascinating about foamies is you buy a foamy at 45 litres and it surfs like a board that's 60 litres. Because... The, the, the physics of it is really interesting. Like you could have a board that's a fiberglass board at 45 litres and have a foamy at 45 litres, but they yeah. sit in the water differently. Um, it's why foamies are also the whole, the, the drawback of them because you think, oh, well, in that case, we should always ride foamies. And well, you go, well, because mm, when you get really quick on the wave, getting that rail to penetrate is really hard because obviously, it's, again, it's just physics. It's too floaty. It's too on top of the water. But if you're in sort of just fun, waist, chest, head high little waves and it's sort of junky and a, Oh my word, the joy factor! It's like they're uber grovelers, aren't they? I mean, probably Clayton at Ombi's going, oh no, no, no! I mean, <laughs> like some sort of like Clayton's like melting. You, I'm melting. It's cheating. You can't surf that board. Yeah. I think Ant had one actually from when I remember them starting some of their early videos, and his quiver included this uh, little Marley by Mick Fanning. And it is, you know, it's kind of like a skimboard in some ways. That, but but for those sort of waves. It's brilliant, and it's been really good for me and anybody that's listening who's kind of coming up through a surf journey, and even if you surf for a long time, the confidence it gives you to catch waves and rep- rep- repetition. And the things I thought at the beginning, I've said this before on other shows, where you think, well, the board doesn't turn, or the board doesn't do this, or the board doesn't do that. Actually, those boards do a lot more than you think. It's that you don't do those things at the time. So the more you keep going with it, and the more I stuck with that board, you suddenly you're like, oh, I'm nearly on rail on this huge chuck chunky rail and it you know i used to think oh i can never do a cutback on this board i've done some of my best cutbacks now on this mick fanning board it's with a with a quads in as well mm-hmm. if you sort of don't rush it too much which obviously on we do talk about the slowing down of the turn it really helps you think come back 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 hit the foam and then go again and uh, and then obviously if you get spat out of the foam on a foamy it's really quick so yes it's cheating to an extent and you don't get the same performance surfing uh, gains that you might get um, on a on a smaller board like a perform uh, a custom board um but for just pure fun of you know smashing out your wave count they are amazing and this board has been per wave the best investment i've ever made in a on a surfboard yep and when you got it that was we went to north devon and you bought it for whatever you bought it for 300 quid but good god you think of the value in that versus other things that we might purchase in life. You don't never know with purchases. I kind of love that about them. You don't know where they're going to go, particularly surf purchases. You know, you get a new board. Where's the journey of that board going to go? That's what makes it so exciting. Brilliant, yeah. 
whether it's a second handball, whether it's a board you've been lent, whether it's a free one, whether it's a brand new one, whether it's whatever you've done. But I do, I do really feel like it is essential is a big word. It's, it's really nice. Uh, and I feel like fairly important, better way of putting it potentially, to keep updating your quiver yeah. throughout the journey. You know, when I got on my mid-length foamy this summer, that was it. Epiphany after epiphany, light bulb moments, um, different parts of the way being explored, different body angles, turning tighter, pet better paddle earlier entry, better takeoff, more confidence in my takeoff. And suddenly I found a board that took me, t- felt, it took me, it felt like into another room. It, and the room is not necessarily physical. Mm. It's mental. Absolutely. And can you ask a question, how do you feel about that board? How do you feel about that board in those types of conditions? How you feel about a board is everything. It's the placebo. If you feel yeah. good about a board in certain conditions, overall, it'll probably go well. If you, but the, what's really interesting about that is we adapt to that yeah. too. So that's why updating the quiver is so important because you might spend like a year, two, three on the same kind of board, on the same kind of wave, and it can really plateau. Yeah. Because you've gotten so adapted True. and so used to all the yeah. gains you've made on that one. Now let's switch it up. Now let's go, but not necessarily switch it up so greatly that we lose out on what we actually enjoyed about that board. That's what's so, so important about boys. It's just like girlfriends. <laughs> In that but first it, girlfriend, well, I really like that about her, but I didn't like... And then the next one, and you, and then eventually you, you get, get married. You get married. <laughs> and just, ah. I'll keep going. And you then keep you get digging. Married. You dig the hole. I'll fill it <laughs> I'll in. I'll fucking dig. <laughs> then you get married, and then it still doesn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I, I like it when you're you, in your P, with your PT hat on, well, the training hat, is that there, there is a bit in that, you know, you get used to something and you just can then get sort of lazy of, you know what it does and you know how it works and you surf the board the same way. In changing a board, and you see this with pros who uh, do these board tests, it, it challenges their surfing. You know, you, you yep. watch somebody that is a ripper, the first time they try a new board in one of these Usually, I think you know, Stab do one, and there's different brands that will put these different, like eight boards to the test with one one surfer. Certain boards really test the surfer's ability to, you know, both turning, catching, um, flow. Eventually, they get it. But what it does is it it kind of seems to when when I've tried different things before, and and this is goes for exercise or any kind of learning, is it helps to fire up different connections in your brain. Like you say, it's not just physical. It's it's like a sort of what what's it doing to my learning. And how does my brain respond? And if my brain responds by making a new connection, then that's there forever. And then you go again. And, and so you're, you're layering it. It becomes like a compound gain, doesn't it? Where what you learn is put on top of something else that you've learned on a different board. And then it all comes together and you can surf lots of different things. Um, and hopefully in different conditions, because that's the other thing. And so then it true. all goes back to that thing we talk about, because we spoke loads about this. Is then, well, then how many hours of practice have you had at doing that thing? Mm. which ultimately what we're trying to do it for, uh, how do you feel then on the next wave? Mm. And if it makes the feeling of that wave like nothing else before it, you've just hacked flow again. You've just got into this new way of flow. So it's definitely cool trying new things, but also great to go back to your favorite thing occasionally. Once you've had a break from it, especially absence makes the heart grow fonder. Therein lies the beauty of scarcity when it comes to surfing. And you get on this and you have a great session and you're like, wow, every session's going to be like this now. And of course it isn't. But that's the, therein lies the beauty of it. There lies the beauty. And I would say that overall, in what I see, if I was to look at surfers in general, to hark back to probably what most older surfers who are a little bit more experienced will say, um, is that people are under foamed. Mm. 
overall they're underphoned. And I can look back at my brother's face in telling me that I was underphoned and being complete and utter denial about it at the time. But I had to go through that. It's a really strange thing that young men and women do. I don't know if women do the same thing. I expect the female ego isn't as in control of the female as the male at times, but um, just young, young guys being on boards that make their style and their wave count and their progression and their performance just nowhere near what it could be. Um, it's why it's very rare. You get someone in their teens and their 20s, particularly male, who evolves their, their quiver really early doors and, and, and really progresses their style and does bigger, better turns and gets more waves and yeah. progresses it a bit further um, while still doing the smaller board at the right time right, on the right occasion. Um, and that's what I see the most. And I think that you, you sort of ask why. Well, it harps back to kind of the origins of the smaller the board you carry, the cooler you look. Yeah. And the smaller the board that you're laying on in the liner, the more entitled to the next wave you are, as in the better a surfer you're going to be. And Well, here's the thing. Go on. Here, I, I've seen this. If you can sit on the small board, front the board, so actually the rear fins are Thank just you. popping up out the wall. Yep. You are the coolest dude yep. in the world. I see that a lot. That's the look, isn't it? Yep. I'm going to sit it's on this board bullshit, so that because it's not even comfortable. The tail of the board nope. is popping out the wall. Nope. That means I'm a pro. I, I am a pro. I actually do it the other way around. Find it more comfortable to sort of lean back, hold the nose of my board, and sit yeah. like that, looking looking probably like a complete kook, and people can interpret it as they will. Yeah. But the thing is, this thing where um, it's a rite of passage. It is a rite of passage uh, board choice and volume, and how we go through that journey. Um, is is anyone consistently on too much foam? Poof. I don't think so. But no. is anyone in the surfing world, are they consistently on too little? Yes. That, that is for certain. A lot of the time, yeah. Um, and, and there is a, this is where we intertwine with life and surfing. That's the p- p- beauty of this show, right? That's what we're always talking about together as well, even when we're not recording, is that you've got to walk your own path and make the mistakes that you make yourself in order to really understand what it was that you were missing out on. You can be given all of the wisdom of older people who've, made that mistake themselves or people who've d- done it whatever age they are but until you kind of really are honest with yourself and decide that you know you've tried it and you 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 admit to yourself that it might not have been the right thing then that's only when you can sort of make the change and make the gains mm. um and and that <clears throat> that's the sort of learner's journey isn't it the sooner you're able to uh, drop the shield and let uh, learning in and adapt quicker than you would otherwise if you were resisting it because you don't want anybody telling you what to do, uh, the better you'll be. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's all that any coaching sort of program probably is trying to do. And again, we, we spoke to Luke uh, a few months ago with exactly that, you know, who's got the shield? And if you, your shield's too big, you're not going to learn anything mm-hmm. in anything. 100%. Uh, and if you think you're already the finished article, you're not going to learn anything. And no. the best, no one's the finished article, you know. Probably the best surfers, sports people, whoever, see that they've still got loads of things that they can be developing and learning. They're always trying something, always trying something new. The, the thing that mid-lengths have given me, because my progression has gone from sort of short boards to gravel boards to mid-lengths over the last, let's say, decade um, or more, is they've helped me improve uh, one of, if not, if not my biggest weakness, which is taking off. Mm. Just that, that very, very small but incredibly important moment on the wave where you're lining up your first bit of section and is your head down yeah looking down the wave or is it looking up and that's gotcha geez that's the biggest transition in any surfer mm. um i've always had that there mentally to better trust that much and go and go through and, and go through with that and in terms of sort of courage and 
pushing myself and going over the falls and going over the ledge and whatever, but physically just not had it there at times. Um, to, to snap up onto my board and land in the sweet spot and straight away be on rail generating speed. It's such a yeah. fine motor skill. And it's why I want you to, if you're listening to this, be incredibly kind to yourself. Um, when you accidentally, which we all do, unconsciously compare yourself to those people you see in the lineup who take off just effortlessly and generate speed and they're off doing turns. That has taken them thousands of hours yeah. to master. And and I've surfed, how long have I surfed? I've surfed 18 years now and I don't know how many times I would have surfed. Um, let's call it, certainly the last few years, more like 150 times a year. So let, you add up how many surfs, let's say for, for quite a while, maybe 100 times a year, while I was living in London, coming down uh, each weekend, whatever it might have been. But let's just add up those surfs, add up the hours. And still to this day, I'm making the mistake of looking down occasionally instead of looking up. Um, so it's incredibly humbling. Be incredibly kind to yourself. And if you are being hard on yourself, notice that you're doing it because that, in, in, in as much as anything else physically, is holding back your gains. Because, mm -hmm. God, geez, you know, you do see sports people plateau, and in particular, surface plateau in their gains when you sort of sense that maybe they want to get better, but they're doing two things. One, being hard on themselves. And two, not being aware of it. Because mm. it's one thing being hard on yourself, which we all are. If you make a mistake in the surf, you're going to be hard on yourself. It's just normal. You're mm. going to, human mind, let's say you let someone get in the way or let's say, you know, one of my big distractions is if someone's sort of down underneath the wave, I'm yeah. not going to hit them, but they're sort of roughly in the way. My eyes fix on them for yeah. some, well, it's just a safety thing. Uh, and it messes up my wave or you fall off or you, you land in the wrong place or whatever it might be, you're going to be, your mind's going to slip into that, damn it, fuck that up and whatever. But it's another thing entirely that the, the, how you then interpret the aftermath, which is are you aware then of your mind when you're back in the lineup and how it affects your confidence? Because yeah. it's, it is all about confidence. Like if you can let that pass, mm -hmm. get straight on with the next wave, you'll consistently perform well. But when I see surfers have their mind affect them because they're not necessarily realizing that it is affecting them, that's when I then see that pattern. In you in particular, it's a very interesting one. You have massively improved that. There was a time where, like we said about on the last show, mm. where maybe you would have had a bit of a, a few waves without a wave and you kind of go a few moments, let's say, without the same wave count and you might have let that wave count drop even more. Now, I can really tell in you how focused you are still on getting that next wave and how resilient that is. That, that's a mind thing. Not even a body thing. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I, I agree. I, I think it's been a work on. Well, there's two things. But the first thing to say is progression in anything is painful, isn't it? Because you got to, it sucks not being good at something to an extent. And you're never going to be great at the new things you're trying. But eventually you'll be better than you were the other day or the other week or whatever, if you keep going. But it's also painful if you don't try and learn new things and you get frustrated. So it's like, which bit, which bit of... Which bit of discomfort do you want to go through? The difficulty of getting frustrated with where you're at? Mm -hmm. Or do you want the difficulty of doing something hard to learn something new that takes you to another place? And both options are a little bit difficult. One is that you're going to get... Oh, if, this is if you're unhappy with it. If you, it doesn't matter if you're cool and you don't want to progress anything. But if you're there and you think, I wish I could do a cutback, and you get frustrated every time, you can't do one. But you don't want to put the hours and the work in to be able to do one. Mm -hmm then you're better off going through the path, I think, where you have to fall off loads, you might hurt a bit, you look silly, you've got to train, you've got to work out brain chemistry-wise how you do that cutback. When, you, when you've been through that frustration of not being able to do it immediately, at the end of it, you've got a new skill. 
Whereas if you just sit in the same place, that inertia of mm. I'm really cheese off that I am not filling whatever blank you want, Chris Emsworth. <laughs> well, you're never going to be that, but do, do, do you get what, do you see where I'm going with this? Is, I do, I do. Um, it's, it's painful learning, especially if it's physical and you're older, um, but it's painful not. More painful. It's more painful because yes. you'll never have and, known. And, and that, that, that was what I was thinking of, Lee, and it's this thing where there are so many surfers out there who would love to be able to be aware enough to love themselves enough to be yeah. vulnerable enough yeah. to allow themselves correct to say out loud I want to get better yeah it's it seems so benign or, oh surely everyone wants to get better and well if you if you get to know people they 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 reach a certain level and then it's like no no and by the way <laughs> who's the kettle calling the pot black i mean i'm i'm just the same good god we all have an ego Exactly. My ego, when it goes in the surf, is trying to protect itself. Yeah. And what, what, what is that? What, how does that manifest? Well, it manifests in the way I sit, the way I move, the way I surf, everything I do. It's saying, it is trying to say, or should I say, uh, I'm a good surfer, respect me in the lineup, I deserve waves, dot, dot, dot. All this kind of just meaningless bullshit that only serves to distract you from what counts, which Correct. is how does your surfing feel. How does it actually fucking feel when you stand on your board? How does your mind feel? How does your body feel? That's all it does. That's all ego does. But I am incredibly aware of that ego and so aware of it, um, how it distracts and how it removes so much of the joy from, from surfing. And it, it's, it's why we've got to pay attention to our minds because if we pay attention to our mind, we can see that it's taking us out of the, of the moment and out of the sensations and the joy. So that when you notice that, you come back to your breath you come back to what you can see. You come back. You come back to the, the feel. The feel of your legs, literally on your board. And in a nutshell, we are describing the mindful surfer. You're in the here and now. That's it. And you, like I was saying as well before, you let things pass through you. You don't let it get stuck. I still do. Yeah. yeah but th this is the beauty of it. Um, whatever you want to call being enlightened or being, which is being aware of it. It doesn't mean you don't fall in the same traps. It's just that you're able to go. Ah, oh, yeah. This is where I've recognised where I am. I need to. I'll just move through. And you don't let that kind of uh, negativity in many ways stick in your soul, if you can call it that, you know. And you, you, Because you, you, if it does, you, you sort of, you start to sort of build around it and then it gets worse and it becomes a thing. Mm. And once it's a thing, you're kind of being defined by it. And then you try and sort of protect your ego from it so you don't, don't try it at all. Rather than just being honest, uh, whatever that is, and saying... Oh, I don't want to do that, but I do want to do this. And actually, I wish I could do this. Somebody help me to get to this next stage. How do I do it? Yep. And so, yeah, we, we, by protecting yourself, this goes back to this untethered soul. I mean, a lot of people who listen to this will have read, read it. And some people say, oh, it's very cliche, blah, blah, blah. But there are some really good pearls of wisdom in there where it's about, as we've spoken about before, you know, we are the prisoners of our own ego sometimes because it will want to protect you from things that it sees as being hurtful or scary. Uh, and scary to the ego, really, mm -hmm. not to the reality of what will happen. And so it doesn't, or it, it prevents you from expressing yourself mm -hmm. in the purest form just in order to protect the image that you've created for yourself more than any other person. Because it's your own version of yourself that you don't want to sometimes break down. Mm -hmm. And if you can apply that to something as frivolous as, as surfing, it's saying, I will not stop carrying this shortboard to the beach. Uh, because or driving this van because I look amazing and I look like a surfer rather than thinking I'm just going to take this massive foamy to the beach to learn the thing I need to do today mm. to get better 
So it's 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 looking at what you're doing it for and 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 then trying to work out how do you sort of start dismantling some of the walls that are keeping you in that place of inertia where you are and not making any gains. hundred percent. The the best surf in the lineup is the one having the most fun. It's the biggest cliche in surfing. It's a quote that's been around for years that everyone seems to know. Who is that surfer? Well, for me, it's the one with the most ego awareness. Simple. Yeah. It's just, that's it. It is a simple fact. I'm not, I dare, I dare I say, I mean, throwing the word fact into this is quite a thing to say, but I, I want to, I want to hold on to that. It's my belief. It is a fact. The more aware of one's ego one's, one is, well, that self, that person, that human goes into any area of life, but let's call it, let's call it surfing. They're aware of their ego. They are aware of the illusion of being afraid of how I seem to others because they're aware of that, let it pass. And they know then deep down inside, underneath the awareness that that's, that's what they know they are. They mm-hmm. are the awareness of it. So because they know they are the awareness, there's a, there's a centering process that's going on all the time. And because you're centered, you'll take a lesser wave. You'll sit further inside. You'll move away from the annoying crowd. You'll constantly be, be looking for the joy of it all. Yeah. And not like the ultra, ultra performance. What do I look like on, on a wave? Not, not to say that it's not still bloody wonderful. Oh, and it's cool to perform in a wave and, cool. to perform, and to perform in front of other people and That's have great. them think that you're great. <laughs> is that is that Mason Ho? Oh no, he wouldn't be in Sigma. <laughs> That's Liam. Listen, we all we all love an ego boost. I mean, Jesus Christ, um, you can't go into the surfing lineup with other surfers and not not feel the presence of your ego. It's impossible. Exactly. When I got confused for Ricky Ponting on a beach in India, I thought I was king of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Until they saw my bowling. (laughs) Um, I won't even explain to the Americans that one. It's uh, It's an an in-joke between us and Australia. Who's Ricky Ponting? Can I just say that as we interrupt that? Can you and Matt Barnes that? Big big welcome again to our... American Australia is our growing audiences, the second yeah, and third yeah. biggest of our listeners and over half now of what we do. So we, we are, appreciate you and we love you very much and it's nice to have you along for the ride. But it if is. you're listening to this in America, you don't have to get the cricket references. Um, no, it's true. It's, it's kind of, it's, it, it is sometimes we're held back by what our image of ourselves is rather than what other people sort of levy on us as well. And so, yeah, you, you're right, sort of letting, letting that go. You still, still want to look cool. Surfing's a cool thing, isn't it? But it's so frivolous as well. The, the other thing is, is this kind of idea that because of that, you're not having a good time in the sea. And if I, I, I start saying this to myself sometimes, if you're not having a good time, get out. You don't have to be there. It's a really, I think that's in the mindset that I find challenging as well, is that, yes, you can be having a challenging time because it's scary or whatever conditions, and you're, you're actually in there to challenge yourself. But if you're having a miserable time, while you're sat on a board dressed in rubber in the sea, why, why don't you just get out? Mm. Why, why put yourself through that? It's a really strange thing that people put themselves through something, but they're not enjoying it uh, when they could just come back another time. I had that a bit yesterday. We had a bit of a classic swell yesterday and um, I was joined by other surfers in, in that because it was classic. You, you're not going to get that to yourself. I did have it to myself for a little bit and then people started coming in and I found you know, one of them challenging, shall we say. Um, and it, it was, it was on me. It's never on them. You know, <clears throat> we take self-responsibility for how we want to behave. Um, but I did, I did have this, this, this sense that, um, the, the said person was, was getting in my head and it was affecting my surf a little bit. 
it, it's not that it's not them. It's not their fault. That's what's so essential. What what we're ever talking about, you and I, Liam, when we're, we're talking about um, surfboard choice, wetsuits, diet, training, ego, um, where you surf, how you surf, what you want to progress, whatever it might be. It's about owning your shit. And um, yesterday was an example of me almost owning it too much. I I was inside my head having thoughts of sort of, oh, I'm, I am such a cunt. <laughs> wow, that's a big word. We're getting an explicit warning on this podcast Beep! for that. Because <laughs> we haven't had the C word for a while. But what I'm saying is I, I'm, going through the, I'm going through this other interesting thing the ego does, which is not the inflation of oneself, but the deflation. It's like, oh God, I'm such a miserable bastard. Because I am that older surfer. I am local. I am fairly competent at surfing. This person's getting in the way a lot. They are annoying. They're younger than me. So it's, it's a lot of that kind of classic archetype of male, older ego, younger uh, ego. So it's sort of, and, and I had to sort of check in with myself a little bit, like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. It's okay. It's okay to get annoyed. Mm. It just is. You're just human. So it's being kind to yourself. So it's finding the balance, isn't it? But we are all, as, as surfers, going to find ourselves... Now, listen, wouldn't we all Wouldn't we all love to just ever surf with just one or two of our best mates in, in great waves? <laughs> but is it, is it realistic? No. And, and it's an acceptance uh, we are all on, too, that we are going to have to surf with other people who are going to have strange tendencies. But don't we all, for Christ's sake? Mine? It's just as strange as anyone's. That's it. Who is strange? Let healers without <laughs> sin cast the first yeah, stone, you. as the old book says. I'm just says. as fucking uh, uh, wildly odd as someone else. I think this is where I always like to overlay. It's trendy now as well, isn't it? Stoicism into surfing, right? So oh, I think his first, first chapter of Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, he basically says, every time you leave your house, you're going to meet knobheads. <laughs> <laughs> he, he articulated it better than I, I did there. <laughs> but like, but he's, you know, you will meet difficult people and surfing is life in some ways. So you are going to meet, and you are going to meet people in the most egoic circumstances sometimes as well. So, and sometimes that difficult person is you, by the way. Mm-hmm. So you're, you, this is, I mean, this is an existential question for me sometimes. It's, you are, you are, am I meeting difficult people or am I the difficult person? Mm. And particularly in the surfing. Well surf- said, Liam. And in the surfing lineup. Definitely, because you're imposing your expectation of what you should be surfing and the conditions, and especially if you're local. So, is it the is it the is it the blow-ins that are a problem, or is it the locals and 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 every individual? It's like we said, what was that episodes and episodes ago? If you meet a couple of knobheads in your life, you've met a couple of knobheads. If every person you meet's a knobhead, you're the knobhead. Yeah. <laughs> and so you know that is, but it's always worth checking yourself. Is it? Is it? It's a basic question. Is it me? Yeah. It's so true. What I want to just be able to say to, to all surfers listening to this who go into lineups and surround themselves with others is, is um, if, you, if you're heading to beaches or you're not a local, eliminate this whole respect word. Luck. Just respect the lineup. Well, what the fuck does that mean? What, it, what I'd love someone to, to do if they're going to a beach, they're not a local, is just go in with a, with a, a, a still and present mind. If that's happening everything's going to click. There'll be just the right wave. They'll come at just the right time. You'll get just the right amount of space from and towards other surfers. Mm. You'll, you'll find yourself navigating the, the slight increase in the crowd by going further mm. down. You'll, you'll be so in the moment, you'll go in, you'll go out, and it'll just work. That's all you need to do. Yeah. Like, here's an interesting one. I had this the other day where I was uh, chatting with someone who had been to a, a surf spot that I know 
uh, pretty well, and it's pretty ferocious on the on the crowd. The lineup is very very local, and and heavy in that way. And I went in just I wanted to surf this place. I wanted to, I went in just just present, and because I was just present, I sort of felt the need to just slightly dip my head and just and just sit further in. And I did. It wasn't like I was oh I'm respecting the lineup. I could just sense it intuitively. I needed to just sit, you know, twenty thirty meters in. I had to take a few on the head because of that but i was able to surf a spot that a lot of people never go near because they're sort of oh no you, you never get a wave well no if i'd if i'd paddled right up i wouldn't have been present would i no if you are present the universe will figure things out for you you just be in the moment and it'll it'll work its way out but um this idea of you know respect the locals and stuff i'm like well yeah but i mean i've had i've had um here's a good example i've had people come from god knows where bring a great attitude bring a really yeah. mindful approach aware of their ego and they've grabbed twice as many waves as i've had we've, i've had and 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 i've and i've really enjoyed their company we've surfed with lots of people like that over the last few years actually yeah here especially you know it's not about wave count and respect the lineup and it's just about being in the moment and and and, and being aware of you know trying your best to share and take your ways when you can and move around and work out personal space and boundaries and just you could be from wherever you want yeah figure that out well yeah, I mean it's a delicate thing, isn't it? Because you know, I think some of some of the sort of local stuff is absurd in some ways. But equally, you wouldn't go into a sort of pub in certain uh, in certain city centres and start shouting the odds, correct? <laughs> or sit on someone's chair. You are absolutely right. And then, well, you might do if you're a big lad. And, and I you... and I think that needs to be honoured in how we are as humans, for sure. I do agree with that completely. Yeah, we wouldn't just scrap that entirely. No, I completely agree. You and I, if we went to a super local spot today we would fully in our minds be aware of that yeah we'd we'd still get beaten up (laughs) (laughs) there's that foster he's got a face you can punch what did he say in episode 50 about yeah yeah exactly uh, exactly hey hope you're enjoying the show if you connect with what we do here at the mindful surfer why not share it with your friends or go on over to itunes and leave us a review the more ratings we have the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers now let's get back to the show oh guys what an intro what an intro let's do some mindfulness segment number two take a breath in through your nose and breathe out slowly and another breath in through your nose And breathe out slowly. Take another breath into your nose. Really notice the air going in. And really notice the air going out as you breathe out. Let's do one more breath. I want you to hold your breath at the top. Take a breath into your nose. Hold your breathing. Keep holding. And breathe out. All it takes is a few breaths. And uh, I had that yesterday. I really had to check in with my breathing. I was getting this thing where in surfing, it happens in life. When we have a taste of something, we want even more. Mm-hmm. Surfing's a really strange one. You'd go, you'd, you'd assume, yeah, you've had your 20 waves. That's enough. You want another one. Because you've had your 20, like you want, oh, I want another. And you, it, 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 it it begets itself as in the more you want, the more you want. So like sugar, you have a teaspoon. Mm. Well, now you want two. Mm. You've had two, now you want four. And surfing's the same. 
In getting a, yourself out at the right time is a real art form. Well, I managed it. You did it really well the other day. I stayed in for another hour. I, I knew. <laughs> I knew you were going to stay. Mine, mine for my ass. <laughs> I, I mean, it wasn't a stylish wave, but it was a bomb. Yeah. And I thought, right, ride it in. I'm done. This was a great takeoff. It was the end of a good session. Light was fading because we're at that time of year. I thought, I'm just going to get out. I never do that. And I felt, at first, as I sort of got back towards the, the sort of shallow the shallows and the, and the beach, I thought, oh, should I go back out? But I thought, no, I've done. That's, that, I can't finish on a better wave. And um, I'm just going to pack up and go home. And um, it actually felt quite good then. Felt like I'd really left on a high. But previously, I've, I've had 40 minutes of not surfing. And then before I go, right, it's time to get out, you're knackered. So that leaving, leaving, leave before you have to. Leave the party on high. Yeah. I often um, don't finish on my best way, but that surf I did, and I, I stayed in for a long time after you got out because I just, it just, I just kept wanting to be in. Sometimes you just do, and it didn't feel like I was just doing it unconsciously. I did, I did just want to be in authentically, and it was cool. it was pumping, and it well. was, and it started to pump even yeah. more, and it got bigger and stuff, and I get. <laughs> So this is me saying it's all very conscious. I mean, I, when it gets a bit bigger, I, I get a bit, and I have to be in. I just mm-hmm. love that feeling of the size and power and stuff. But my last one was an interesting challenge as a surfer that what we all have. So like in surfing, you do your turn. Sometimes there's someone sort of there, but you just have to know fully confidently that you can do the turn. And you do, you do the turn, you go past them and they're out the way. It's fine. It's just, it just so happened that on this last wave I had, I did a big turn with someone sitting, sort of sat nearby in front of them. Fine. I'm in control. But the board, the board, weirdly, the board's only at its unsafe bit at the top when you're taking off. Once your feet are stuck, it can't really go anywhere. Mm. So I did my turn there. Right. Then I get around the corner, hit the foam. I go down. Another one. Sprayed him. Carried on. Hit the foam. Then another one. It was an amazing wave. And I, I basically sprayed over three or four blokes' faces. <laughs> and it was a nice feeling. I keep thinking, whenever I think of spraying on someone's face, I think of, of pornography, obviously, because we're all thinking it now. The reason why I've said that is because I want to go down that road, you see. When was the last time I sprayed in your face, Lee? I'm just sitting That's what quietly. Thankfully, I can't remember a time, which is good. <laughs> it's not a visual I'm interested in. You sprayed in my face a couple of times, actually. To be fair, the other day, that Sunday, sir, you, you did you produce some spray. It wasn't in my face. It was uh, it was all over the lip. <laughs> uh, you're not going to get very um, much on that board, but it's it, well, you are occasionally. Occasionally, um, it's just that those fins are so lethal. It's like somebody sharpened them, so they they're yeah. great, but they are they're horrible to fall on. Um, they are gnarly. But yeah, I got I did get a little bit. I, it was I I, I I I've been working on my backside surfing, and by doing some a lot of leg work, my and visualizing, I'm starting to get a little bit of a better backside mm-hmm. slash off the lip. It wouldn't. I mean, if you saw it, it's not making the front page of Carve magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if it did? People would grab the mag and go. That's relatable surfing. But, but the thing, Liam, hundred percent on a serious note, I'd, fu- I'd fucking, I'd look because I'm done. I'm so done with a thirty foot lip and a oh, massive the- air, and it's like, oh god, I just want to see Dave just doing a little, little weird little trickle thing. Yeah. On a crumbly thing, yeah. which, is, which is the reality, 100%. Which, is why, which is why Ben Gravy's done so well. There you go. Because he kind of fits that niche bang in there, doesn't he? He, he has. But, but no, it's that, also why I believe that what we talk about is going to have its place more and more and more in the next however long in surfing. Because I know for sure 
the reason why you, the listener, are listening to this so much of why is because it's relatable. And hopefully we make it relatable because, you know, just watching John John in a three-minute clip, he's fun. Yeah. It's great. And that's never going to go away. No. But it's not what fires up your soul. It just gets a bit of your mind going, a bit yeah. of dopamine, great. But what fires up the soul is where you connect with someone else on a deeper level of, oh, mate, I, I know what that's like. And we're all trying our best. Yeah. To have a good time. I know what that struggle is like. Um, second number three, mind, body, stoke. Things Liam and I have been working on with the mind and body to raise the stoke. Um, I have been uh, f- trying to heal my ankle, been getting loads better, been surfing on it really well. It's, it's really come on now. Like it's really almost there, basically. And um, part of that process is the ongoing treatment of it to keep inflammation down now, not letting it increase. And it's, it's fasting because when I was doing my low-carb uh, intervention back in the summer and, and autumn, which I know a lot of listeners would, would know about, I did that to, to lower inflammation in my ankle to get it to heal. And it did work. It's really up there now. It's, it's much, much better. The challenge then is, is, is the reintroduction of carbohydrates. So reintroduce carbs. Did that inflame things? No, it was kind of okay. I think I'm all right. Um, but like anything, if I start eating more than one portion of carbs a day, more than two portions of carbs a day, well, now I'm start, probably going to start to create what's called a glucose inflammatory pathway. So the more and more glucose that's in our bloodstream all the time, the more glycation we get. Glycation is what's, what, what is the, it's the, the stickiness that starts this inflammatory pathway that gets talked about by people like Dr. Eric Berg. He's a brilliant one to check out on YouTube, by the way. That's Eric, E-R-I-C, Berg, B-E-R-G. He's just a very, he's a lovely speaker. He, t- he, he never black and whites it. Anyway, check him out. But no, it's to say that I've not then got to flip the other way around. What we do in diet so often is do really, really well and then really badly and then really, really well and then really bad. And <laughs> try and find the middle. For me, the way of getting the middle is with my carb portions is um, just fasting all day. And I did do this for years before. I've just got back into it basically now. And I, I for example, yesterday, surfed from 10 a.m. till about half one and relentlessly surfing too. Like it was like nonstop um, with, with, no, with no food. And it's fine. It's amazing how little food you actually need. And you can look around at people and go, yeah. You look at people's bodies. Look how little food they actually need. Yeah, it's crazy. The amount of body fat on people makes you go, wow, well, if you could just introduce some fasting, God, the difference it can make to people's lives. And what I've really noticed that is also what Peter Atia talks about, the more and more fasting you do, the less and less of what you're actually eating matters. Now, not entirely. This isn't then like a green light to go down the, the processed food road, but there is just more. It seems as if the fasting gives us more room to have those few extracurricular foods that we might not always have. Because it's like we get away with it because of the inflammation. Well, that was very publicized on the 5-2 that they found that exactly that didn't matter what you're eating on the five days in a way, within reason. But it it was still having a beneficial effect with even just two days fasting out of seven. Yeah, this is it. Or or it's not even fasting, it was restricted calorie calorie intake. And so I'm kind of with him on that, that there's a bit that... and, And this kind of speaks to the... Just because you fall off the wagon, don't worry about it. Just keep going. Don't, it doesn't mean you've stopped. Oh, God, I'm now eating Doritos Chili Heat Waves again. If you have a packet of Doritos, whatever your vice is, um, then just, yeah, it's just about not having it for a good long stint of time afterwards. So I'm kind of erring on that. That I, it, w- it wouldn't prompt me to start eating like mega processed foods again. No, no way. But at the same time, 
you know that you can uh, clear out some of your system potentially or just kind of by not layering another version on top too quickly. So if you do have periods of fasting in between eating anything you want, of course. This is it's why, you, you know, whatever inverted commas, people have cheat days, they're real like fanatic, gym fanatics. Good for them, but but you know, if they were doing it every day, it would start to have negative uh, consequence. But every now and again, your body's primed to deal with stuff that it doesn't really want to deal with. It's, it's constantly kind of clearing out toxins, isn't it? And all that sort of jazz. So, yeah, I can feel that. It, it, it's, it's when it's, um, again, it's like any compounding. If you're just pouring fuel on the fire every day is when you start to notice it. So I've even done it every now and again. You know, I'm a, I'm not sort of, I'm a sort of eater that if somebody prepares something and cooks it for me, I'll just eat whatever it is. It's almost like traveling kind of, you know, you, you're receiving that graciously and gratefully. And so within reason, you sort of eat anything that you're presented with. And if you do that with a kind of open mind, whatever it is, and then you're not doing it every day, if it's something you just have eliminated from your diet, you tend to be okay anyway. And, that. and that's, that's kind of how I approach these, these things often. I think I'm gratefully receiving this food that's being prepared for me by somebody else. I'm not going to specify what I'm eating at that time. You know, if somebody says, oh, have you got any dietary? I wouldn't say, I'm not, I'm carnivore today. Yeah, I just, so I'll just eat whatever comes. But as long as I'm receiving it openly and graciously, then I feel grateful for it. I always feel good anyway. Um, but it doesn't mean I'm going to eat the same. I'm not going to have like a, a pizza every day. And, and, and my gains have been from infl- inflammatory point of view, because, you know, you're, you're well ahead of the, of, of the curve on this for a lot of people, but certainly for me, is that just the basics of stuff that I wasn't really agree, you know, breads and crisps and all the things I was consuming, the, the, and by being uh, disciplined about it, so that I'm, I'm kind of overall, I'm consumed, you know, 90% less of the things that I did eat than I, than I do now. Um, I can see it now, but it takes time. That's the other thing I would say to everybody. And obviously it takes longer as you get older. Um, it takes 12 months for each gain for me, I think, and to be consistent. And I know the things that would bring more gains if I cut them out. So unfortunately, Andrew Huberman's per, pum, uh, punctured my boozing bubble is that I know that that last frontier for me in terms of all optimal health is removing even moderate alcohol consumption. Um, but then the gains you get from the sort of convivial social social nature of that, I appreciate. So you've got to, you've got to live your life, right? Um, but you, you can feel it. But as long as you're patient with how long it takes to get results. You know, if you do, uh, uh, try to get, get kids to do this as well, my kids, if you do 20 press-ups every day well, for a week and next week you're doing 30 and you do that religiously for 12 months, you'll, you won't see those gains every day. But while, if you look at yourself 12 months ago to now, You'd be astonished, but you've just got to be prepared to keep going and not and 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 again, it's like surfing progress. None of it's happening overnight. It's small dials every time you do something religiously, and then two years down the line, you're like, "Oh shit, wow, I can do that now." You've got to find a way of making it sustainable. Yeah, it's a personal journey. Yeah, and less and and really less we compare. Um, I work with people one on one with mind and body and diet and exercise and training and all these things. Um, every single person I've ever seen, I've probably done 15,000 by now, must be, hours with people. Every single time it's different. Um, everyone's different. I find that so humbling. And your pathway, you listening, the listener, to a better body, better surfing, happier mind, happier body, happier, better everything, is a journey. 
Yeah. Into yourself. No one else. And that's what makes it so cool. It's just you. And if you don't have a destination, if you just have milestones, so never you never get there. You just keep going. Mm. And I, I completely, uh, yeah, I, I really sort of buy into that version of it. That, um, and the other thing is, is and it took me a long time to get this. And this applies to work and life and, and surfing. Nobody's coming to save you. They can guide you and help you and give you, but you have to take responsibility for saving yourself. Like, you know, in terms of, do you really want to progress? Do you really want to get better? Are you going to have the discipline to do the things that somebody with good knowledge and skills has told you that that's the path to take? Uh, but they, the, even the most brilliant coach can't make the gains for you. You have to be open to that coaching and you have to then actually do the thing. And, w- and one of my biggest ones is, is, is reiterating the kind of stuff that Peter Otia talks about in his research. And again, he's a brilliant person to check out. So that's Peter as it would be spelt, and then A-double-T-I-A, uh, I, that's I believe. Correct, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So please check out Peter Otier for longevity and, and building a, a healthier, stronger body and things. But um, he, he made a really interesting remark. So he, he talks about nutritional research being the grayest of all gray areas in science, and uh, it's for so many reasons. So much of the re- research has been done epidemiologically over time, um, and you can't monitor people that closely you and, and there's genetic differences i mean the the amount of variations that go into nutritional research and the sort of nuances it, it just becomes far too great uh, to work out but out of all of his research that he's done into the research because that's what he does he ex, he's a researcher of research mm. he's found that with diet he has no recommendation i think i love this he, people ask him all the time because he's such a longevity guy and he's been on joe rogan lows he's, he's he's very famous now he's got a great book and stuff what should we eat? What should we eat? What should we eat? No, won't answer it. Stop it. I'm not talking about it. That's not. To, but what I will say is this: you'll have ten foods that are detrimental to you. You'll have ten foods that are good for you. You you might not know exactly what they are right now, but you'll learn them over time. What my research of the research has shown is this: the detriment of having one of even one of the wrong ones is far, far more consequential than the benefit of eating one of the good ones. Yeah. And that is overall what dietary research is showing us. Yeah. And it's the, that's, that's so much of what I'm trying to help people with. I think I, I, I have so many surfers in my mind who I know would love to surf better and feel better and enjoy their life a bit more. But there's just the odd bit that goes in that could be detrimental. But it's a journey. It has to be a journey. There is no point, fixed point, uh, in which we have it just sorted and who's to say that i know the answers either like you you yourself have to go into that journey and yeah. and and find that find that out and of course it's hindsight isn't it harry harry hindsight yeah i told you mate clever clever lad i told you told you so. <laughs> i knew this would happen <laughs> <laughs> oh we're running out of battery again i think we, we are it's obviously killing. cold we're sitting outside it's, it must be see um, beautiful trees around but, mate, segment number four, uh, surf media, anything? Well, I mean, just prompted by the cold, Ben Gravy in Norway. What yeah. a beautiful landscape that is. Yes. Amazingly stunning. Yeah, it's very, you see lots of wonderful places, but that crispness of sky, mountains, and that kind of surf, I, I, I love that. So, I, And watching his seven seas in seven days, thing, I, I, you know, we're a big fan of Ben on the show, and um, I really enjoyed that, not because of all the things that kind of came came together and he, he, him doing that for the sheer why not of it and joy of it and, and bringing bringing like a, an, 
uh, it, you won't mind me saying this, amateur surf life to life that inspires lots of people, young and old, mm. and um, and and living his dream, as he would say. So I love all that stuff. And um, and if you get a chance to check it out, it's just beautiful scenery and, and lovely little waves. And uh, yeah, that's what I watched recently. It's really what, good. what about you? Anything, dude? I watched a video by The Wetsuit Centre. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's a bit of free advertising. Yeah. Um, and the title of the video said, Chest Sips, Back Sips, Zipperless. What are the pros and cons? It was very insightful. I'd never really delved deep enough into the zip systems of wetsuits to really realise what affects them in what ways. Where we live, we got to paddle like maniacs. Mm. Got to move loads. There's so much moving water. It's choppy. It's not just glass, clean yeah. water. So you really notice any flexibility issue in the suit. I didn't realize that chest sips can really hold us back in the way. However, to get in and out of, they're easier. So a back sit's obviously a little trickier. Mm. But anyway, it's just it was such an interesting video to watch. My dear wife sat with me. She sat down. What are we watching, honey? Yawning. We're watching uh, the subtle nuances of back sip, chest sip, zippers, mm. and her face. She was so happy. I said, honey, I am so happy we're watching this. Thank you, sweetheart. We're not going to sit down and watch a series or a movie or something. We're going to watch stuff that, that really means something to you. Now, that is a giving. That is a giving lady. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, she really did. Very good. Very good. But, well, um, one, one thing to finish on as well. Not, oh, just, not just video. Music. We've got some rock star fans. Kit Trigg. Um, they sent us a message. Yeah. That, uh, uh, this month they've got a new uh, tune out but uh, they're sort of young rockers I'm a bit of a metal sort of fan anyway and it uh, goes well with surfing so if you get a chance to check out these guys Kit, Kit Trigg cool. um, so I think Trigg. we're on a guest list somewhere Will Mate, at some point it's happening we're taking it out there next it'll be the Stones <laughs> <laughs> guys thanks for being with us always a pleasure see you soon